Welcome to Counter Apologetics. Welcome to Counter Apologetics. I'm your host, Emerson Green. And today we'll be discussing scientific evidence against irreducible complexity. The bacterial flagellum was one of the central examples of irreducible complexity Behe highlighted in his book. If you take away the propeller, if you take away the motor, if you take away the clamps that hold it onto the cell's membrane, take away any of a number of different parts, it's not that the flagellum is going to spin half as fast as it used to, or it's broken. It, it doesn't work at all. It's like taking the propeller off of, a, of an outboard motor on your boat and wondering how far now you can, you can uh, go in the water. You can't go anywhere. So that's a problem for Darwin's theory because Darwin's theory says that things evolve by working a little bit you know, maybe not very well, but a little bit, and then a mutation, a change comes along that helps it move a or work a little bit better, and that helps the organism survive and have more offspring, and so uh, then another change comes along and another, another, and it gradually builds up to the final structure. Well, that might work for some things, uh, but it doesn't work for systems that are irreducibly complex, things like the bacterial flagellum. The intelligent design movement is not terribly concerned with experimental testing or scientific progress. Their main activities consist of public relations, political lobbying, and constructing arguments against Darwinism. In other words, influencing public opinion, influencing the government and education, and attempting to give their views a scientific veneer by attacking their main naturalistic rival. Their goals are largely cultural and religious, with scientific goals mostly incidental. Occasionally, constructing arguments against Darwinism involves some scientific argumentation, like Darwin Devolves, which is based on a 2010 paper from Michael Behe. Today we're discussing a similar case. ID proponents were hopeful that a few systems in particular would support the notion of irreducible complexity. For instance, complex protein binding sites. I want to discuss a paper which undermines the claim that these structures are irreducibly complex. This peer-reviewed, scientific journal article is a powerful blow against this example of alleged irreducible complexity. And this paper was authored by none other than Michael Behe. Behe has stated that he thinks this supports the irreducible complexity of protein binding sites, but we'll dig into the paper and see for ourselves. Proteins make complex life possible, and protein binding sites are crucial. Amino acids come together to make proteins, proteins fold and come together to make larger protein structures, and their connecting and folding allows for the possibility of motion and all kinds of molecular machinery that carries out crucial functions. Protein binding sites enable proteins to come together to make these bigger structures. Behe's paper attempted to demonstrate the improbability of the natural evolution of certain protein binding sites, 
which Behe and other creationists claim are irreducibly complex. There simply hasn't been enough time, according to Behe, for random mutation plus natural selection to generate these binding sites. And if the probability of such a complex structure arising naturally is vanishingly small, perhaps an intelligent designer could explain it instead. Behe co-authored the paper in question with David Snoke in the journal Protein Science, entitled Simulating Evolution by Gene Duplication of Protein Features that Require Multiple Amino Acid Residues. Quote, Although many scientists assume that Darwinian processes account for the evolution of complex biochemical systems, we are skeptical. Thus, rather than simply assuming the general efficacy of random mutation and selection, we want to examine, to the extent possible, which changes are reasonable to expect from a Darwinian process, and which are not. Behe has claimed that this paper supports irreducible complexity, and therefore intelligent design. The paper doesn't mention intelligent design or irreducible complexity, but that's apparently because the reviewers asked Behe to remove them before publication, since Protein Science is a real scientific journal. According to Behe, the terms were originally included, but they were removed in the initial peer review process. Nevertheless, the Discovery Institute has the paper on a list of peer-reviewed and peer-edited scientific publications supporting the theory of intelligent design. Their research was based on a computer simulation, and based on their simulated evolution, Behe claims to have shown that the odds of the protein binding sites in question coming about via random mutation are quite small so small that it would take an incredibly long time for them to appear by unguided processes. But there hasn't been enough time. So how did they get these surprising results from their simulated evolution? The short answer is that their simulated evolution bore little resemblance to conditions in the real world. For one, Behe and Snoke ruled out every single source of genetic variation except point mutations, the altering of a single letter in the genetic code. While this is an important source of genetic variation, and remember variation is the raw material for natural selection to work with, it's not the only source of variation. Yet they ruled out every other source, for example swapping, recombination, sexual processes. The reason for this was presumably to make it as difficult as possible for their simulated evolution to do anything, as opposed to evolution in the real world. Secondly, they limited their population size of simulated bacteria to a fraction of what you could find in my yard. Additionally, their simulated evolution was looking for specific mutations, which is not how evolution works. Evolution is not aiming for a specific target. Here, it's important to note that there are always a number of ways to do any given biochemical thing. It's practically never the case that there's only one way to carry out a particular function. If we make some more fundamental assumptions about the utility of computer simulations in this area, we still have to pile on further assumptions to get to the conclusion that Behe is desperately trying to reach. If we assume there's only one source of variation, and that there are only a fraction of a percent of the actual number of bacteria on Earth, and that there is only one biochemical way to perform a particular function, then it would take about 20,000 years to evolve what Behe claimed was irreducibly complex. I'll take this opportunity to remind you that life on Earth has a 4.5 billion year history.
B. He still likes to go around claiming that there hasn't been enough time for evolution to occur, even though his own research suggests otherwise. Remember, in Behe's simulation, he assumed that there were fewer bacteria on Earth than we could find in my yard. He also eliminated every source of genetic variation except single-point mutations, which greatly restricted variation, and yet his results still indicated the system he claimed was irreducibly complex would arise naturally. In an interview with Reasonable Doubts, the biologist Kenneth Miller put Behe's results this way, quote, if you take realistic numbers of bacteria, then you can make a calculation showing that in a cubic meter of soil, a protein binding site of the sort that they demand would evolve every 30 minutes. So that's the extent to which they had stacked the deck to reach their conclusion. And when you have to stack the deck that much, it shows your argument simply doesn't hold scientific water. It's one thing to play with marked cards, it's another to play with marked cards and lose. End quote. So Behe rigged his study to an incredible degree, and still failed to get the result he was trying to get. His own paper is an argument against irreducible complexity, and his claims against Darwinism generally. Does he care? Did he update his views according to the evidence? Of course not. Behe has started with his conclusion and is desperately trying to work backwards from there, and not even his own research can stop him. There's no dishonor in disproving your hypothesis or being wrong in science. Unless you're not really interested in furthering our knowledge, and are just pushing a religious agenda. Then I'll happily point and laugh at your humiliating failure. Scientific progress is driven not only through correct hypotheses, but incorrect hypotheses. They both get us closer to truth and expand our base of knowledge. Getting the right answer may be more glamorous and exciting, but they're both critical to the advancement of science. Behe, however, is not interested in scientific progress. He'd prefer to return to the pre-Darwinian paradigm, since it better suits his religious commitments. That's all I have for you today. I would like to thank my Hall of Fame patrons, Phil Stilwell, Grim Frenzy, Dehydrated Myself Until Aaron Made Me Moist, Richard Crossan, Rory B. Murkowski, and Henry W. Bartholomew. And you can support this show on a per-episode basis at patreon.com counter, where you can get early access to every episode and access to bonus episodes. If you don't have the money to support on Patreon, but you still want to rocket the ball straight into your own goal, you can follow our social media on Twitter and Facebook, subscribe on YouTube, leave a five-star review, or tell your friends about the podcast. You can also subscribe to and leave a review of our sister show, Walden Pod. Our theme music was written and performed by the band Whalers. The song is called Magic Tricks and was used with permission. Additional music provided by a Chicanito and was also used with permission. Thank you for joining me today. I've been Emerson Green, and I'll talk to you next time. <laughs>